Call of Duty, Halo, World of Warcraft, Diablo, and Candy Crush are now owned by one company, among other properties. This kind of feels like a monopoly. I don't think it does, but at the very least it's some megacorp shit. We weren't the only ones that thought so, though, because a lot of other people thought it was kind of sus. You see, this started last year in April. It's just now closed out, and it took so long because of concerns brought up by the FTC, the European Union, and the CMA, uh, competition and markets in the United Kingdom, not the Country Music Awards. Yeah. That and the fact that this is a merger between some of the worst game companies in the modern era isn't lost on us, too. Let's talk about this Microsoft merger in this week's edition of Backlog Challenger Weekly. I guess before we can even discuss the merger itself, we should do a quick rundown of the companies involved and what they're about. I guess Activision is just as good a place to start as any. So, Activision began as a third-party developer for Atari. Over the years, they would gain notoriety for developing and publishing some of the most beloved IPs of all time. You got Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, Guitar Hero, Destiny, and of course, the big one, Call of Duty. They also published some licensed bangers for Marvel, Star Wars, and Transformers. You know, you got, um, you got the Neversoft Spider-Man game, you got X-Men Legends... Star Wars, Jedi Outcast, and the Cybertron games for Transformers. Nowadays, all Activision really makes is Call of Duty and Destiny because they either run their shit into the ground like Guitar Hero or roll over any studios that they acquire to make more Call of Duty. This happened to High Moon Studios, Neversoft, Beanox, the list goes on. Oh yeah, and um, Activision does microtransactions out the ass, so... And that's also a point of contention. Most of this can be attributed to their CEO, Bobby Kotick, as his main strategy for making Activision profitable is to milk the shit that makes money all the time, every year, and if something new gets made and doesn't make bank, i.e. what Call of Duty would make, then that company and their resources would be used to build... Mm. Most of this can be attributed to their CEO Bobby Kotick, as his main strategy for making Activision profitable is to milk the shit that makes money all the time, every year. Now occasionally, a new game would get made, and it doesn't do as well as Call of Duty. When that happens, that company or the resources they would use to build a new game would be rolled over to making another Call of Duty. You know, I actually had to look up before I did this recording if all Activision made was Call of Duty. I forgot that Destiny 2 was the only current thing they have out now, but that's more of a Bungie thing than an Activision thing. All they really have is Call of Duty, and that's pretty much Activision in a nutshell. Next we have what is probably the greatest fall from grace from any company since Konami. We are talking about Blizzard. So, Blizzard began making games in the early 90s. Their early success with the Lost Vikings, Blackthorn, and Rock and Roll Racing led them to branch out into making games for the PC. So, if you've never gamed before, or if you were born five years ago, or if you're Amish, 
then first of all, thank you for listening to this podcast. You have impeccable taste. But that is the only way you could have possibly never heard of Warcraft, Starcraft, or Diablo. But I'll go over them briefly. When Warcraft first came out, it was a real-time strategy game with a medieval fantasy setting that got a sequel called Warcraft 2. Warcraft led to Starcraft, which was an even more popular RTS, this time placed in a futuristic sci-fi setting. Blizzard would then change it up with the dark fantasy hack-and-slash RPG Diablo and a sequel, Diablo 2. After that, Blizzard would put out Warcraft 3 from... My understanding is possibly the most loved Warcraft game of the original trilogy. A trilogy that would set the foundation for the most famous MMORPG of all time. World of Warcraft. And then Blizzard began to print more money than ever. Years later, Blizzard would add one more new game under his belt called Overwatch. A hero shooter and possibly the first in the genre. And then they continued to print more money and the internet has a new category of porn to enjoy. Seriously, there is so much Overwatch porn on the web. This level of thirst is quite impressive. Blizzard had done so well for itself that it started to build up a reputation amongst the gamers. Blizzard can do no wrong, is what fans proclaimed. Notice how I slid proclaimed in there. Want to know how it happened? It all started with Diablo 3's launch. Prior to release, people were iffy on it due to the game's art direction an overall look. Then things took a turn for the worst and the game was unable to connect to the server to be played on release day. Which normally wouldn't be a problem but Blizzard decided to have DRM on Diablo 3 which meant the game had to be online indefinitely if anyone wanted to play with it with no option for offline play at all. Let's call this strike one. The main reason Diablo had to be online is to run the game's new auction house which I will do my best to sum up here. In other Diablo games, there was a way to trade loot between other players through Battle.net, usually for real-world money. And of course, people abused the hell out of it. You got price gouging, you got all types of fraud going all over the place, it's about what you expect. Blizzard wanted to stop third parties from ripping off other people and want to have the trading be done in-game, where Blizzard would get a cut of the profit, because why not? However, the auction house had an option to buy loot directly, which Blizzard would also get a cut of as well. Unfortunately at the time, a lot of players were feeling that there were low loot drops in the game, and the player base became suspicious of Blizzard, thinking that they were artificially making the drops low, so it had to be something that you had to get through the auction house. Your gear, your items, all that. Let's call that Strike 2. So, since this shit was worth real-world money, anybody who had the means to produce rare or highly sought-after loot infinitely would drive the value of the loot way down in Diablo 3's economy. This is where we hit Strike 3. Diablo was at an all-time low. Eventually, they would pull themselves out of the shit and make a good Diablo game with updates, patches, and reworking the auction house. But, you never get another chance at making a first impression. Of course, this probably wouldn't have happened if Activision hadn't merged with them a few years earlier. Yeah. So, around this time, Activision and Blizzard became one entity, and it only got worse from here on in. There was a poorly received reveal of the Diablo Immortal game at the end of Blitzcon in 2018. 
a convention primarily attended by PC gamers who were expecting big news on PC games. Then there was the entire thing with Blitz Chung, where after winning an official Hearthstone tournament, he was stripped of his tournament winnings and banned from competition for a year, all for supporting the 2019 protests in Hong Kong. You see, Blizzard has a huge financial interest in the Chinese market, mainly because of StarCraft II. And while a lighter punishment would have sufficed, ActaBliz was going to side with the Chinese government and Chinese investors on this one matter. The next year, they botched the release of Warcraft 3 Reforged by pulling a gearbox and Colonial Marines-ing the game. Which, if you don't know about Colonial Marines, basically, Gearbox lied about the quality of the game, and what we got on release was totally different and a buggy-ass mess. But, back to the point. But easily the worst thing that Blizzard has done is the horrible working conditions for the employees going on there for years behind the scenes. You have stories of low wages and sexual harassment being the main offenders, Stories of low wages and sexual harassment were the main offenders, with the sexual harassment getting so bad that one woman committed suicide. This was the straw that broke the camel's back. The workers went on strike, sponsors stopped supporting their esports events, and authorities from the state and federal level get involved. All this bad PR and legal issues makes Activision Blizzard stock drop way down down so low that we're able to be bought out by Microsoft. Now, between Blizzard and Activision, Microsoft isn't quite as bad. Um, well, their games division anyway. Um, I'm pretty sure there's tons of shit on the... I mean, there's tons of probably crazy shit that the rest of the company has done, but that's beyond the scope of this podcast. But they have made some concerning moves in recent years. You got the stuff with the Xbox One always online DRM bullshit. It was an issue for a time until it got removed. Xbox CEO Phil Spencer throwing Arcane under the bus for Redfall was a bad look too. I think the most concerning thing is how many companies they've been buying up since the last couple of console generations. Within that time they bought up Mojang, Ninja Theory, Rare, and many others, including, but not limited to, Zenimax Studios, who owns Bethesda, id Software, and Tango Gameworks. Acquisitions and mergers have been going on forever. I mean, it's not too wild when you think about it. Acquisitions and mergers have been going on forever. Square Enix is literally a merger between Squaresoft and Enix, but... That's usually as far as it goes. It's usually just a merger between two companies, not two plus a couple dozen. So, those are the major players, but what was the actual merger process like? Well, in April 2022, U.S. Senators wrote to the FTC bringing up concerns about how this deal can make things worse for the employees working at these studios. They believed that this merger would exacerbate all the horrible treatment that's been going on as of late. Activision Blizzard's shareholder stock slowly lowered for that year despite the majority being in favor of the merger. Then, the UK's CMA began investigating them in July 2022, with concerns about competition being lopsided in the industry due to the merger. 
Around this time, Sony begins to get concerned that Microsoft may end up making Call of Duty Xbox only. Their CEOs squabble back and forth, and this causes the CMA to get even more concerned about the merger. This leads to Microsoft making a 10-year deal to have Call of Duty on PlayStation and Nintendo consoles, surprisingly enough. So while that's going on, the FTC tries to block the merger, and the European Union issues an antitrust warning to Microsoft. The CMA starts having concerns about cloud versions of Microsoft's games being equal with their console-slash-PC counterparts, leading them to block the acquisition. However, Microsoft manages to convince the European Union to approve the merger by basically promising to play ball with everybody. Lastly, Microsoft goes on trial for five days with the FTC, eventually coming out with a win for Microsoft. From there, the CMA gave the okay for the merger on their end on October 13th, 2023. And with all of that, Microsoft now owns Activision Blizzard. So, what does this all mean? Honestly, not much. I doubt that anything will fundamentally change as far as how these companies operate. ActaBlizz's output will be at the same level they've always been at for the past couple of years. Overwatch 2 will still be lame, Call of Duty will be Call of Duty, and any companies that fail to perform will be dissolved, laid off, or sent to the Call of Duty mines to work only on Call of Duty. There probably won't be any new Spyro or Crash platformers coming out from this. You can forget about getting more Tony Hawk HD. Anybody who was worried about Call of Duty being Xbox only was dumb, as the amount of money that would be left on the table from them not being multi-platform wouldn't even be worth it for them to try it. Bobby Kotick is leaving Activision at the end of the year, but he's getting a $300 million parachute on his way out. Maybe the next CEO won't suck as much, but I highly doubt it. But I guess there's a chance. I guess to sum it up, things will mostly remain the same, but no one should be surprised if things get much worse from here. But I guess that's just one way to power your dreams. Well, that was this week's episode. Researching this was a bit more involved than that last video, I'll tell you that for free. But I think I've covered everything as best as I could without going like too deep into the weeds. Anyway, if you want more content from me, you can check me out on YouTube. There should be a video coming up this week either about Mario Party or Robocop. I haven't decided yet. Also, you can find me on Twitter at BacklogChristo1, or just search Backlog Church. Church, church, church. <laughs> or just search Backlog Christopher. I should pop up on there somehow. Anyway, that's all for this week's episode of Backlog Challenger Weekly. I'll catch y'all next week.